Hey, whoa, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I cover the wildness that occurred at All Out, after All Out, and following up at AEW Dynamite. We have a whole lot to talk about this week on Two, Two Say What, it is Two Dynamite Dudes, baby. The D'Angelo Brothers back. Today, for a very special episode of AEW 2, to who? Oh, it is two Dynamite Dudes, with my degenerate brother, none other than ad-free show's shill himself, Mr. Marcus Paul D'Angelo. Marcus, thank you for joining me today. How does my mic sound? Wonderful? A uh, little tin canny still. Uh, also, my name is incorrect there. It says I'm Robert DeFelice. <laughs> well, let's fix uh, that, huh? Hold <clears throat> on, yeah, that's just... real. There we go. Look at that. Oh, how about that? <laughs> Look at that. Steven Chambers, what's up? It was a crazy week. Um, we've got a lot to uh, fit in. We're trying to keep this tight. Uh, we're trying to do like a 45 Marcus minute. Marcus wants a hard stunt. 45 minutes. Hard hard 45 out. Uh, so we're going to give you guys 45 minutes of the best damn podcast of the best you ever had. shit you'll ever see here. Yeah. Don't don't mean to overhype this thing, but it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever heard. Marcus, I, I do have a clip uh, of what everybody's been talking about here this week. Uh, you know, throughout the whole process of what we saw in AEW and then the reaction of, are you ready to see some of this? I'll tell you what, Dom, bated breath. Bated, bated breath. breath. Yes. Okay, you're ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. Let's fucking see it here, right here. Like me, we don't get shit. Jackasses like this can walk, waltz around, do fucking nothing, and they get fucking prominent goddamn jobs as writers, reporters, journalists, whatever the fuck ever, podcasters, whatever. Right? And they're getting fucking paid while doing it. They're sitting there eating at the fucking table. And what, what do guys is? like me get? Fucking table scraps. He's got to be talking about you, right? Shit. Oh, well, we'll get to that. We don't get shout-outs from wrestlers. We don't get fucking mm. recognition at these fucking shows or on these fucking websites or on these articles. I don't have fucking people shouting me out. I don't get none of that shit. Hmm. Here in the United States, especially. Oh, wow, different wow. flavor there. Yeah, it really changed bit. up his tone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> changed his tone? That was actually a little into the video. Marcus, uh, this uh, individual, he uh, is a fan, clearly, but he has a YouTube channel, and it's kind of humorous. He gets uh, he gets some traction on there. His name is Wrestling Otoku, or that's what he goes by. I think I said that right. But he basically called out wrestling journalists, wrestling writers, everything like that. Uh, and he says we get paid to do this stuff and that we do not care about the genre whatsoever. Um, and then he called out a couple names, some warranted like, uh, ringside news and Brad Shepard both suck, but he also called out some names that, you know, are, are credible and good at what they do. Like Cameron Hawkins and, uh, Sean Ross Sapp. He didn't call out Cameron Hawkins, but he was referencing him. That's who he was talking about. But anywho, uh, I, that's been a big talk with the media scrum, Marcus. Very unprofessional. Very Dear professional. God. Uh, this is, again, I think he's talking about kind of people like you, Marcus. Leeching on, just doing it for the money. You don't he's give talking a shit. About, he's talking about journalists, Dominic. I am not a journalist. I am a social media guy. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But you're a media guy in pro wrestling, aren't you? You're eating at the table, aren't you, Marcus? I am. I am. Uh, well, Dom, uh, I don't know that dude. Never heard of him. You sent me that video on Twitter. I was like, who is this? Is this just like some angry fan? So what's his what's his issue? He he feels that he should be in the media scrums? Is that what it boils down to? Well, he feels that a lot of the wrestling journalists today uh, don't care about the sport and don't care 
uh, and are just in it for the money and to get credibility and, and name cachet, which to an extent, I mean, that's kind of true for everybody, is it not? Like you want to get your name out there and kind of do what you're doing. If well, you want to progress there. your career. Is, you is, want to progress uh, your career. Being, yeah. Correct. And But well, well, look, it's, you know, to say that somebody's not a wrestler, you you didn't, you got into this because you're a fan. I know he didn't single you out, but I would, I would guess that it's the same thing for Sean Ross Sapp for yeah. uh, Shepard or whatever this guy's name not is. Not Brad Shepard. Yeah, Cam Hawkins. Okay, whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Like, if if you're involved in wrestling journalism, it's not just because you're like, well, I want to be a writer. Oh, th- here's a genre. I'll just randomly pick it. It's no, you you did this. Was, it was a very intentional career move on your part. And by the way, a career move that you had to sacrifice an awful lot for to get to where you're at today. I mean that, and that's the thing. As like you know, uh, he also says that we need more fans writing about this i mean obviously we start off as fans but you have to kind of disassociate being a fan when you get into this thing because uh if you're a fan and you're asking questions like that you're going to be a fan asking questions you're not going to be going about what does about he want to see like you guys asking for a meet and greet at the end of the scrum <laughs> no he says he wants passionate people that actually care about the genre to be covering this stuff and basically um, you don't you don't wind that. up in that room if you're not passionate period right right you don't wind and up you're in not that room. if you're at by if you're a YouTube, even if you are a fan, like a lot of the, some of those people in those scrums are fans and they act like fans. And it's embarrassing, quite frankly, to like see some of that happen sometimes. But there's other people there that are doing what they do, like write about it and, you know, call that yourself a journalist. Don't call it the label it any way you want to, but they're there. And then you also have YouTube influencers, like people that are just creating content and stuff like that. Not necessarily looking to create buzz or headlines or stuff like that, but to, to create content on YouTube that people will watch. So you have all these elements come into play. It's these scrums. They're not a sports media scrum. Okay. <laughs> it's a pro wrestling scrum that invites a lot of people that are from all different walks of life and all di- with all different kinds of intentions. So uh, I understand some of the hate and the, the negativity and a lot of the criticism warranted with these press conferences, if you're trying to expect a professional attitude and tone and delivery with all that stuff. But listen, you're not going to get it at those things. You just won't. And um, yes, but I, I kind of wanted to start that off with that. Uh, not throwing shade at this guy, but also don't be calling out people that, you know, you if you want to get to the point where you're doing this shit, you have to really sacrifice and put the work in. And uh, to me, it just came off as very ignorant in the literal sense of the word. Um, mm-hmm. where, like, right. Just, You're right. He, he he doesn't understand what it takes to uh, be in that position in the position that you're in. Sean Rassap is in all these other wrestling journalists, um, whether you want to call yourself a journalist or not, whatever. Um, you, there, it takes a lot of sacrifice. And by the way, a mountain of passion. So and guess what? You don't get paid a whole lot of money either. You don't. Right. You, if you want to get there, you have to, and like, you have to be fortunate enough to have that opportunity, and then you have to be, like, you have to put the work in to do it. And creating YouTube videos is one thing. Uh, putting the added effort and going the extra mile is another. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that guy just, uh, yeah, no, not throwing any shade, but just needs to educate himself a little bit. Yes, I agree. Um, also, hey, Marcus. Uh, hey. Speaking of sitting at the table, what about this here? Hold on, let me oh. let me fix this up here real quick. Oh man, so this is just all about you so far. Uh, so you know, we've far. got we've got some listeners who really want to hear our take <laughs> on CM Punk, and you're like, hey, let's let's just talk about Dom for a minute. <laughs> let's just see a couple of things. This is now, for what? What did I do, Dave? What did I ever do? You tell me. Didn't do a goddamn thing. What's your name, sir? Dom D'Angelo. Fuck the Pittsburgh Packers. What are you doing? I'm <laughs> <laughs> from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I made it. You know Sidney Crosby loves though? Fuck Sidney Crosby. <laughs> fuck, fuck Malkin. Fuck what? You know what? You know what? Fuck Ron Francis. Ooh. How about that? Ooh. I'm still fucking pissed Lemieux? off. Boy, look at fuck you him. see Tony's oh. eyes. Thank you guys. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was shocked just as I was. I mm-hmm. think that. Is whatever. Oh, that's why he might have got suspended, Marcus. Are those comments? Well, yeah. You know, clearly, clearly, unnecessary shot at you as a Penguins fan. No, it's he was just having some fun. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems like it seems like some people took that seriously, and it's like that's probably the least serious part of that entire. No, I honestly like. I was kind of happy. I was glad to be kind of almost comic relief in that whole situation. It needed holy it. Holy fuck! It needed it. Yeah, because dude, what a crazy, crazy experience. So let's get right to it here now. <laughs> Mark, 
Yes, that's what everybody was talking about, unfortunately, because we had such an awesome return with MJF happening and going down. Like, right, like how that all set up from the fucking Rolling Stones playing to, uh, you know, how the, the final reveal at the end and the awesome match that Punk and Moxley had to close out the show. Um, it Like, this, this overshadowed it all and, like, really kind of created, like, I haven't heard anything about his match with Moxley. So there was a title change. John Moxley lost. CM Punk won the title. I've not heard one word. I don't know how the match ended. I didn't watch it. I didn't hear about it. All anybody was talking about was the scrum. So the finish like, was awesome. The finish yeah, was awesome to that match. Nobody's nobody's made any mention of it anywhere. You know, ordinarily I can just log on to my, my Twitter and within 15 seconds it's like, oh, okay, there was the finish of, of the CM Punk-John Moxley match. Nope. From, now, from Sunday all the way up till right now, not a peep. Not a peep about it. And like... Whew. Uh, to you know, obviously every people got the, the fight broke out. People got suspended. It's been covered like crazy across wrestling media, across you know uh, anything that you can kind of think of. Ad nauseum, to be honest, in, yes. in many respects. You know, like there's there's some people's takes that I think are really valuable. Somebody like Eric Bischoff, hearing what he had to say about it, it's like Eric Bischoff is very uniquely qualified to discuss that situation as somebody who was in Tony Khan's shoes. He, yeah. he was, if you think about it, in, the, in a very literal sense, he was in Tony Khan's shoes where he's bringing in this ta- these talent from another company, um, a well-known talent from another company, and then he's kind of trying to manage their personalities and so the things that they want and trying to manage it with trying to build your roster that was already existent, uh, backstage blow-ups. So, like, in, in a very literal sense, Eric's opinion is just about as valuable as you can get. And it's coming from a a good place, you know, I think. Like, he wants to see AEW succeed. Sure, he's critical, and sure, he's, like, he takes some, like, shots and stuff like that. But listen, like, that's, um, he wants it to, to flourish, you know, as we all do. And, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, you have that weird kind of fan base that certainly roots for one brand or the other where that's just weird. I just want great wrestling, and I think a yeah. lot of people want that. And we want to see wrestling succeed and all that stuff. But, like, you can't uh, – it's just – and you you kind of try to look at it from Tony Khan's perspective. It's tough because, you know, you got to think about, like, okay, you come in there as a passionate fan that grew up, like, he- heading to the ECW arena, watching this, being invested, you know, and having this ability that anybody would want to dream of, of being able to book what you want, create your new show name, anything like that, like, and you're – you're able to hire people that you've wanted to hire for a long time. And, that, you know, CM Punk was a big gift for you. So you're sitting sitting there and he's going off on the all these, you know, the EVPs and, uh, you know, Cole Cabana and all this stuff. And, like, it's just – it's a very tough situation because you you have to try to – you want to balance everything out. You want things to, to, to turn out the way you do. But then it all it all gets rained upon. And it's like – you have to almost you have to hit the reset button in a lot of ways, and I, you know how no, that is. I, real quick, highlight what what Nesha said here. Honestly, they should all have been fired. Uh, let's leave it up. Go ahead and finish your thought. Sure. So, but yeah, I think th- from coming all from that, it's like it is crazy, and it, the the repercussions or reverberations around it reflects on the company of of what they have to do next and how you have to kind of appoint people and like lean on some of those locker room leaders and you know uh designate them as people to to kind of straighten this whole shit out so yeah nesha says honestly they all should have been fired even uh, chambers Mark- underrated comment down there ace the animal steel took a bite out of omega um, <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> so yeah you know to me dom this is this might be one of the most fascinating parts of this to discuss is um if you're tony khan what kind of corrective action are you taking? So I thought about this like off and on. And I, I went through a whole bunch of different thoughts, like well, how, how to handle this, what, what I would do. Like, would I fire anybody? Would I not? I come, I came to the thought, suspend them all, uh, potentially remove some EVP stuff or some of the power from it, but a point, at least at the very least, appoint someone, appoint someone on the equal level of them. That has a let's a stage wrestling mind, whether that be a William Regal, whether that be like a, a somebody that everybody respects across the locker room, from a Matt Hardy to a Chris Jericho to somebody, pay them extra, do whatever you can, but you need to have some sort of figurehead to kind of balance all that scale out of like, hey, I'm Tony Khan, this is my company, 
if it wasn't everything does have like the bucks started this the bucks created it the bucks should be credited for what they do same with kenny and same with cody and same with everybody but you have to make that designation that i'm the boss and this is what's going to happen right here right now i'm i'm putting somebody else in the, into this position. We're going to all work together to get this going. We're going to communicate with one another. We're going to keep a lot of this shit inside the locker room, and it's we're going to handle it in-house, okay? And moving forward, if that doesn't happen, we're going to take some further steps. And, like, just kind of designate that. And, you know, if there's tension or something like that going on from that, then you take the next step. Whether And, like, you know, I want to see all those guys still be in it, from Punk to the Bucks. To Kenny, I want to see him all be a part of this. But listen, it's like you want this to be a wake-up call for not just the locker room, but for everybody in general, including like Tony Khan. If I'm Tony Khan, that's what I want. I want to. Okay, this is a wake-up call. We got to get to work, guys. You know what I mean? So it's kind of where I'm coming from. Well, how about you, Marcus? Where are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, you know, is this a suspension with pay, without pay? Have you heard anything about it? I have not heard anything in regards to to that. I yeah, I, have not I, heard I tend to believe way. it's a suspension with pay. Um, first of all, that would be my guess. Um, well, look, you know, let's let's look at it completely objectively. If we were in a uh, corporation, let's let's just say a Fortune 500 company, and two EVPs kicked down somebody's office door uh, to fight them because so that some, wasn't, they made some comments about them. That Hang was on. okay. That wasn't not necessarily reported though. Like it's been kind of that hasn't been that that wasn't confirmed. Well, I'm I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say I don't believe that CM Punk went backstage immediately, found the Bucks, and said "fuck you both, let's fight." No, I think that's that, not what happened. I, I think that the Bucks came to him, um, looking for a fight after he made his comments. So right then and there, you've got two EVPs of a company who are approaching, let's let's just even say an office worker, and attempting to get physical with them. That is a uh, that's a fireable offense. That's the sort of thing that you wind up in court for. Sort of thing that a Fortune 500 company gets sued for and loses millions of dollars over. So there's that. But then, uh, so like when it comes to the fight, I I'm I'm kind of like on Punk's side with it, where it's like, hey, look, you know, this can be handled in a professional way. That being said, I'm not on Punk's side when it comes to the way that he handled that press conference, the way that he treated Tony Khan. Uh, as Eric said, his boss, who's paying him all of this fucking money, uh, just the lack of respect, the way that he was like very casually eating like a cupcake or whatever, while he's taking questions from people in a scrum interview, um, that he knows is going out everywhere. Um, it's just very arrogant. Um, yeah, it's, I know he thinks he's cool and like a badass or, or whatever, but look, there's, there's like a certain, there's a certain level of decorum, I think, that you need to maintain as a public figure, and he just didn't maintain any of it across the board. Um, so, I mean, if I were Tony Khan, I would be, I would have been humiliated. I think I would have stood up and asked him to stand up with me and leave. Um, yeah, I mean, how? I know it's kind of hard to gauge, like, but how how far into that press conference would you have been? Like, all right, this is done. We're done here. It wouldn't have taken long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Baron Colt Cabana is one thing, but you know, as soon as as soon as he were to say anything about anybody in the company, um, it's still actively. I mean, look, Baron Colt Cabana is wrong to begin with, uh, so don't don't mis- misinterpret. Uh, but once you start bearing people who are still active members of the company that you're going to have to see and deal with regularly, that's a that it's a big problem. You don't think they're going to see it or hear about it, so I'd probably grab them right then and there and be like, "All right, guys, we're done." Um, and grab him and take him back uh, to the locker room and just like have a frank discussion. Like, dude, what what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, do you understand the position that you put me in, yourself in, our other employees in? And I get like, you know, if there's bad blood between the two, hey, I, you know, that happens. Shit like that happens. Deal with but it privately. You can't do it. You can't do it out in front of everybody. You know, uh, you have to, you have to address that shit in the back with people. But you don't put that. You don't put that. I mean, I tell, I tell you what, it was fascinating as hell. It was wild to see and be a part of. And wow, like historic moment there. But you want it. <laughs> you don't want that out in front of everybody. Dom, yeah. honor, honor the elite feels that uh, the poison should be removed. Now, look, his name is Honor the Elite. So we know what, what he's, what side <laughs> he falls Where on he here. aligns with. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, th- there's an argument to be made, you know, uh, based on reports I have heard. Um, things backstage. It's been a little tense since Punk arrived. You know, you had that thing that Bobby Fish had to say about him 
um, where I guess Punk was really rude to him. Uh, Joey Janela kind of made a comment of the same ilk. Um, There's definitely so, a division of how people feel about Punk, you know? Um, right. You know, and, like, you, you got to wonder how, how that all stems and where it all kind of comes from because, like, you kind of – it's hard to decipher, too, because you're like, oh, I think this person might be on Punk's side, but then you're like, this person's definitely not on Punk's side. And this person – I wonder what happened to for that person to feel that way or, you know, anything like that. He's a polarizing person, like, and, you know – uh, that's great for wrestling. That's great for some wrestling fans and stuff like that. Uh, you know, you want it to be good for the locker room too. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's crazy to think that all this stuff and that there is a division. I, and honestly, Marcus, you know, seeing some of that interaction, even with Tony Khan, like him to kind of, and he said this later on too in the uh, press conference. He's a customer service person, so like he like talking about being a bartender and stuff like that, and like him trying to do what's best for the talent, for himself, for his business, for the fans. It's a tough thing to juggle. But um, you can kind of tell, though, his interaction with Punk 2 at the end of that, you know, at the end of that, as he was leaving and he's saying fuck Sidney Crosby and all this stuff, you can tell that Tony and him still like one another. And and Punk ultimately, I think, likes being there. Like – I think there is a, the notion that he hates and it's miserable back to stage for him and stuff like that. I think he's just, you know, punk is who he is. And it's just kind of an upsetting situation that's going through that he wanted to address. But ultimately I think he likes it there. I think he likes Tony Khan. I think Tony Khan likes him, but dude, it got dicey there. <laughs> it just got dicey. So uh, Jacob TS punk came to one of our improv shows in Chicago. He's disrespectful. And I didn't even know who he was at the time. Um, and this is just the kind of thing you keep on hearing about him. And yeah, I agree. It, it seems to me like Tony Khan um, really likes punk. And I think that he really likes a lot of the talent on the roster and genuinely wants everybody. He wants like this kind of like, you know, wrestling utopia vibe backstage where it's like, Hey man, we're here for the wrestlers. Everybody's going to be happy. It's fun. We're getting you paid. You know, uh, we're all a big family. That's sort of a vibe. I think that's what he's going for. But really, you have to take a look at it uh, more like a business in that, like, there's there's only so many slices of pie, right? Um, yes. And and you gave some really big ones to some people on the roster. Um, and that I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that there's only so many slices of pie. You're giving some really big ones to uh, members of the roster. And as a, as a result, there's going to be some people that are upset. There's, there's no, but if you were to take that, that large slice of pie away from one of those people, they'll be upset. And then it's, it, it's a can't win situation. I think that that's why rather than looking at it from a, uh, uh, a personal standpoint, but look, and by the way, look, you should look at it uh, personally in many respects where it's like, you know, you're responsible for a lot of people and their families and their happiness. Um, but at the same time, you've got to have kind of a business mind when it comes to this thing. Like, Hey, look, I want to make everybody happy, but I can also acknowledge the fact that that's an impossible thing to do. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, there's also the, the idea that punk wants to, I mean, not punk, Tony Khan is running this company because he likes doing it. He's passionate about it and things like that. Um, you know, and so like Tony Khan he, could be doing anything in the world that he wants he to be could doing, be doing right anything else. He could be just yes. focusing on the Jaguars, focusing on uh, the soccer team, uh, you know, uh, Fulham. And, and he could be doing it all just that that focusing on that. But he chose to do this. So he cares about it and he cares about the talent that's there. Um, but, yeah, you have to kind of adapt that. You got to find the balance of like, OK, this is a passion project and something I want to cultivate and make big for everybody and help wrestling in general, because this does this AEW. If AEW is gone, wrestling is in a worse spot. It's the, plain and simple. There's nothing else. Like you can't, you could make, you could try to make an argument, but the argument's not going to stand because competition raises all levels, sea levels, and you want uh, this to keep going. Um, and so like, yeah, uh, Marcus, did you get to see dynamite and did it kind of indicate to you like there's been a course correction and was it the right kind of direction that you wanted to see or where do you kind of fall on that? Yeah. We'll get to your comments here guys, by the way, too, here in a second. I think it was really smartly booked. Um, you know, in that Tony Khan knew that he was going to have a lot of eyeballs on his product on his product. And that being the case, he's like, all right, let's fucking slap him across the face with our best shit. And that's what he did. You know, you, you've got MJF coming out at the top of the program. You've got John Moxley coming out, giving him one hell of a promo. Um, some great matches to start. The announce, announcement of a tournament. You've got DB, my boy DB, my coming boy out. DB. 
right? Uh, Brian Danielson coming out uh, and winning a match, one step closer to the title himself. So some some really uh, some really good stuff going on. Um, so I think that he put his best foot forward and and uh, you know tried to to make make the best he could out of this mess. Um, and you know, that being said, I, I did hear that, you know, it started out at like, I don't know, 1.3 or something and dropped to eight. It did drop. It dropped. Right. I think a lot of people were trying to see like, Oh, how are they going to address this, all this situation and things like that. Right. And then once they knew that, you know, a lot of these guys that were involved in this and like your world champion that was just crowned last night was not going to be there. I think there was the, the tune out mode, but listen, people stuck around and watched MGF cut an amazing promo and fucking troll the entire <laughs> arena of Buffalo, you know, with his Josh Allen jersey. And then Mox cut just an amazing promo, like, you know, that you want to see, like, that's a team player right there that you want, you know, he wanted the ball, he got the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I thought that was really well done. Um, but yeah, uh, like, it just shows, like, hey, I think that drop throughout the, the entire uh, course of the program indicates that, hey, you got some work to do. You know, there's a lot of work still to be done and, and to kind of, you know, make these talents and stars seem bigger than as big as they should be and big as they're capable of. Like, we didn't see Ricky Starks the next night here. We didn't see Miro. We didn't see a whole lot of name. Eddie Kingston. There was no sign of Eddie Kingston this week, you know. And, you know, yeah. I... It's, those are all Anytime. those are a lot of names that Stephen Chambers brought up there earlier. You know, people that you could push in place of Punk if you were to let him go, and I I I believe that the company would continue chugging along without Punk. Um, you know, if if they were to release him or buy him out or whatever the situation may be. <laughs> Excuse me. I I believe that they could easily continue chugging along and probably do a, roughly the same business that they were doing, but you know, it, it's. I don't know. What's your take? Do you think that Punk is, is too valuable to uh, get rid of? I think he's extremely valuable. I yeah, no don't, question about it. I think, um, you know, if you're if you're doing the numbers and things like that, if you it depends on how you invest the time. Because if you invest in the, some of these younger stars and you create these names and identities and their own ability, give them the time to talk like a CM Punk gets or like a John Moxley gets, you're going to get the people are looking for new stars to get behind too. So I think you can, you can definitely re you can, I think you can build it up, but it's again, it's going to take time and it's going to take a change of structure of how you present your show because the way it is right now, you'd have too many wrestlers on one program to make anybody seem significant in a lot of ways. So you have to make that, you know, foundational change, but yeah, I think you can kind of do it without punk. But that being said, I also think that Punk will very much add to it if you do that too. Like he will, he will be the icing on the cake if he comes back from injury and he's not, you know, he's willing to work. Again, I kind of think he is kind of happy there. Like I don't think he's miserable or anything like that. I just think there's probably a division. He's a polarizing person, and people, certain people feel a certain way about him, and others don't. You know, so. I think you made a, a decent point on Twitter the other day, and actually Eric Bischoff uh, agreed with you. Um, he like quote tweeted it or something, uh, but in a nutshell, it was. Uh, and here's the best way to use CM Punk if you if you do decide to bring him back, is you create a your own civil war, ROH versus uh, AEW, and make you have two programs. Yeah, make him say make him say like you know life was better back when it was ROH and with my buddies and Samoa Joe and all these other guys. We're taking it back. Yeah, Jay Lethal, all these other guys that really kind of represent ROH. Um, yeah, Claudio. So you could kind of have what that side of your roster against the AW side. Um, and man, that's, you know, if you do it right, you could play out that storyline for literal years. And shit, man, you do that. Like, think about this. Punk's probably out eight months. Uh, if you're Tony Khan, you get, you familiarize your audience with ROH, the history of ROH. You know, get yeah. to utilize that that footage. You should you, know? you should start. He should be having ROH like moments of the week. You yes. know, where you kind of like yeah. remind people of these insane moments. This day in history, or this this week in history. Yep. You know, and Plug then it all boom, over social have, media. have Caprice Coleman like narrate it. Uh, get or Ian Riccoboni, um, and just like make that part of your presentation, yeah. your your dynamite presentation. Put it on dynamite each time. 
I know people yep. are fighting for TV time, but this is important. If you want to, and then heck, if Punk comes back, everything's on good terms. Boom, you guys are off to the races right again. You have uh, you familiarize your casual fans with what are who what ROH was and what it, you and want it to be. Punk's work there. Brian Danielson. Punk's work there. there. Joe's work there. Claudio's work there. Everybody and you're creating like your own thing where it's like who what side whose side is who on and are they going to try to get these AAW guys over as the elite Kenny Omega the Bucks are they created AEW what's going to happen next like you create all this kind of intrigue that's very fascinating let's take a couple comments here Marcus you're a yep. better reader than I am so why don't you read that all right honor the elite says i feel all parties are extremely guilty for sure we can blame this person and that person but deep down brooks was indeed a punk one of people want to blame tk when deep down inside i think con was shell-shocked and didn't know what to say tony is probably worried about how bad it couldn't led of con spoke could've up went yeah uh could have went if con spoke up just my opinion um sure yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, certainly shell shocked would be a, a way to describe, especially the expressions he had on his face during that that situation. And look, it would be rough. You know, you've got this guy that he clearly admires, probably uh, watched for years and loved his work, and now it's like, oh man, you know, I'm hanging out with this guy sitting beside him. Yeah, he's a little, he can be a little abrasive, but we're kind of buddies. He's nice to me, you know. And then all of a sudden, he's kind of trashing you in a public forum. You know, imagine like one of your buddies, like one of your friends uh, that you love and admire. Um, all of it, you know, you're out in a public setting, and the dude's like talking shit on you. You know, yeah. would you, would you, right there in front of everybody, kind of make a scene? I wouldn't. I'd wait until I got him alone and be like, dude, what the, what the fuck? What the heck was that? Yeah. So and you some know, of that stuff doesn't sink in right away either, too. You know what I mean? Like, you you might feel the effect of you'd be like, wait, wait, what was that? But then if you go back and kind of see it again, you'd be like, what it's one of those like things where you're like laying in bed that night and you're like, that motherfucker. Wait, <laughs> did <Yeah>. you see that? <laughs> so it's kind of tough. Uh, what's Stephen Chambers here say, Marcus? I know Punk draws fans, but if he gets released or buy out, uh, AEW will survive. They have a deep roster. Why not push Miro, Hobbs, Wardlow, Cassidy, etc.? Okay, so that's what you were saying earlier too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got those guys. You have those guys. You're capable of of doing that if need be. Like, but again, just you have to change the foundation of what's set up. Like, the cool thing about uh, this past Dynamite is it did feel like uh, a Dynamite that was in the thick of when it was like, you know, pretty hot. You know, and things were cooking pretty good for it like it felt yeah. it had that kind of identity of like okay hey these are guys but again i'm i'm tuning into like smackdown last night uh there's a clear course of what they're what how they're presenting people and uh, like where they're positioning them and they're giving them time to showcase that you want that you want that for dynamite you want that for AEW, and uh it's just a process that you have to to kind of do and you know make you got to make decisions on who you want to position and put in that role uh, what's necessary right here? You know, everyone would be watching, so we put on a strong show. I don't, I'm not sure who she's referring I to. I think she might be referring that. to maybe. Oh, uh, probably, probably or Brian MJ? Danielson or, yeah. Could be. Yeah, I'm not sure. One of them. But, well, I think that everybody put on a strong show. Um, yeah. Really, you know, uh, she's right. Everybody was watching. And uh, she's probably actually referring to Tony Khan, where he put out a strong show. Oh, I see what Yeah, maybe watching. that's yeah. it. Um, and he did. They did. Um, but that being said, it wasn't enough to keep people, was it? No. So not really sure what happened there. Um, I think a lot of people obviously tuned in just to see what was going on. And then I don't know. It's uh, I'm trying to think of the match order and I can't really remember. Well, it. so it started off with the trios titles and then it went into uh, I think there was a women's match, you know, a Tony Storm and Penelope Ford. And then I think it was Danielson and and hangman but yeah i mean on, on paper you want to start out with a banger when you got that audience there you know so yeah. if you I held them that, with with mjf like hey here comes here comes brian danielson next well i would the i thought the trios was fine but like um i would have maybe i kind of would have holstered that till the end of the show right like you keep people maybe, around for that maybe but uh you know the trios like oh you're saying keep brian danielson around until the end yeah, keep Danielson and Hangman till the end of the show. Yeah, and you know, on event. paper, it's you know, WCW back in the day used to kind of keep people engaged with their luchadors and stuff at the beginning of the program. So I don't know. I think you can make an argument either way, but you know, it's uh, I I'm hoping that we're going to continue to see growth as we had been previously. But you know, it's, it's going to be hard following this. You know, I think a lot of people. This is painting the company in a really bad light all of a sudden yeah. now. 
uh, paints it as a company out of control. <laughs> I saw multiple comparisons to WCW in like 2000 or 2001. Booker T even said that's not the case, though. He was like, with WCW, you could see the end coming. Like here, he's like, they're fine. So, I mean, you want to jump to that. But heck, I mean, like if you took put a shine a light on any of these companies around a certain point of time, you'd see some dysfunction going on in a lot of ways certain points well look you know it really what it comes down to and the best way to rebound you know uh it, it has nothing to do with people shuffling necessarily what it really has to do with is great storytelling that's it's, it it's a story that's going to keep people coming back keep them wanting to come back leave them saying uh what's going to happen next week you know like holy shit i gotta dvr this or i have to watch this you know, you want to get you want to get that kind of um, organic vibe. Look, it's you know competing with WWE. I wouldn't say that WWE's storylines have been especially strong. I mean, it sounds like they're improving with Triple H at the helm, but I, you know they haven't been especially strong in the past decade or so. Oh, for um, a long time. But, but their name brand has kept people returning. Um, they're they're like a they're the established name in pro wrestling. So if you want to watch pro wrestling, oh, let's watch WWE. It's on on Mondays. You know, so it's an it's an automatic thing. It's on Mondays. So let's watch. And um, I think, I think AEW's got to kind of be conscientious of this too. This aspect, Marcus, we've been accustomed for so long for WWE when it's like you have the NXT brand and you have WWE these stars that are there, but there's never you never you always expect the worst when it comes to these stars. Like what's going to happen to them? How are they going to get booked by Vince McMahon and stuff like that? Well, Vince ain't there anymore. It's Triple H, and like so, you have fans have this opportunity to get invested into these stars, into a Drew McIntyre, into a Karrion Cross, into a Sami Zayn, into a Kevin Owens. And like, if you have that invest, if you know you can put your chips behind them finally, like that's tempting to like watch that product. You want that for AEW because like, if I put my chips in, I see Lance Archer getting positioned with Jake Snake, Jake Snake starting off, and he's like in this manic backyard wrestling scene, and fit, like Jake Roberts is laughing like a maniac, and Lance Archer is just this unstoppable, crazy, erratic, like monster that's just dominating people. Like I want to get invested in that, but then if you put pull Lance Archer away, like and he's gone for weeks on end, months on end, you why know, why do you care about him when he returns? Why do I? What you, you want me to stay invested? So I think there's a lot – I mean, and both products can learn from one another, but, like, there's a lot that I would be taking heed, you know, if I was either Tony Khan or Triple H with one or the other. And it's, uh, you know, and, and Triple H knows what the hell he's doing. Like, he just knows. He's been there. He's He's been – he's experienced all – I'm sure he's experienced a whole lot of frustrations when it comes to, like, working with Vince and what Vince wants and things like that. Well, now he's the content creator, like, and he's he's doing what he wants. So um, he's ready to roll, I th and I think Tony's pretty fired up too because, like, during that press conference, he was like, I feel like Jim Crockett, like, because WWE put two shows on that weekend. He was like, I feel like Jim Crockett. And he's like, but the thing is, I have a lot more money than Crockett did, and I'm willing to use it. So, like, you can tell there's shit wanting to go down. So it's like you want to create that game plan. The best way to do it, Get those guys, like uh, Bischoff said, get like a William Regal, get like a Chris Jericho, get an Arn Anderson, you know, all Jake these guys. Roberts. Jake Roberts. Get these guys, these minds all together, put something ass-kicking as much as you can, and, and, you know, put your best foot forward with your with stars. Select stars that you want to utilize. He is, stars, he's, anybody, he's, shown you know? us, he's shown us that he's willing to use his money, and he yes. has. He's used his money. I, I firmly believe Dominic that he could turn around next week and sign John Cena and then get brought, get Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Let's, you know, name them all. Uh, and I, yep, he'd pop a rating. And I think that things would be gangbusters for a couple months. And then if there's not a good story to back it up, fans would get used to it and say, okay. okay. And that's enough. Um, and you, you, the numbers would plateau. Then you might add and keep like another hundred thousand people or something. But I, if you're not, if you're not turning out a good story, none of the rest of it matters. Doesn't matter who you bring in. And if you're not focusing on a story and, and keeping, and I understand injuries come to play, and that played a big factor this summer and everything like that. 
But I mean, the, an also factor is, is trying to jam pack everyone into your program and, and, you know, jumping from thing to thing and then not including, you know, not keeping us fresh in the mind. Sting wasn't there this weekend, <laughs> like this week, you know, he wasn't on time. You want these names, you want a mirror, you want, uh, you know, if Brody King's going to be on his own. You want a Brody King like focused honors, just pick your stars, pick who you want and run with them, run with them, but make them select and make them feel important. You know, that's that's what it Dominic, boils down to. You. Mm-hmm. Dominic, you have six more minutes with me. Let's make I know. Let's make <laughs> the most running. of it, pal. All right, let's see here. What does Honor the Elite say here, Marcus? As a diehard AEW fan, they they have amazing talent across the board for sure, but let's start using different names. TK does really well about building future stars, but stop depending on future Hall of Famers, Sting, Danielson, etc. Starks, Hobbs, Garcia, etc. Damn good names right there. Um, well, you know... You can see the concerted effort when it comes to Daniel Garcia, um, for sure. Um, yes. You know, this putting him in the main event and giving him the pure title, cool. It's, you know, great. But uh, is it going to turn the dials right now? Um, nope. No, it won't. And I don't have anything against Daniel Garcia. I think he's cool. I think he's a great talent. I think he's got a lot of really impressive skills. But, like, if you put Daniel Garcia on a poster with CM Punk, main event, uh, pay-per-view, I don't, I don't see it doing a number. Um, Again, that goes to the story too. You, if right. you want to make the story, but. that's 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 my point. Is is let, give us a reason to care. The fact that he is a good wrestler is not enough for me or anybody. No, it's not. Um, I, I want more. I want more. right, right. Yeah. And what's his storyline right now, Dom? How much do you know about this guy? I know that he was hanging out with Jericho, and now he and Jericho are kind of at odds now that he's having some success. Um, and then and, uh, Danielson is like who he idolizes, basically, is what the uh, the other part of it is. So uh, I can I can root for this new guy, Daniel Garcia, or I can root for the guy that he idolizes. Uh, who am I going to root for? You want to root for the guy he idolizes because you're right. invested into that person. Right. If I like this guy and he idolizes this guy, this other guy is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I need background on these people. I need to know what the, what their story is. I want to. I want to. I want more on Daniel Garcia. I want to see some fun stuff. I want to see some controversy. I want to see him put into different situations and fight his way out. Of, like that's how you build a character. Yeah. You don't. You don't just put him out there and tell us how great he is, and then and then well okay he's great. What's what's next? Yeah. When's the last time Cesaro defended the ROH title on on TV? Well, it was like on Marcus. It was against your man. When was uh, this? Uh, the, the Saturday, yeah, on Friday, it was Dax. He fought Dax. Oh, see, uh, so I mean, that's that kind of thing is great. But what's what's Cesaro's storyline right now? What's, he's just what, the ROH champion that's in the Blackpool Combat Club, and so he's in the Blackpool Combat Club, and he's the ROH champion. Don, would that have been enough for you and Scott Hall back in the day? Like, no. hey, Scott Hall is in the NWO, and he's the U.S. champion. No, Scott Hall, like. That's that's I, it. And let's let's bring him out here. Like He's not going to cut any promos. Let's get him out here. We'll have a match, and then okay, see you later. See you next week, Scott. Dude, it was all how Scott handled himself and things like that. And I think Cesaro handles himself great. And it's Scott just... always had a personal issue with somebody, and there was yeah. a reason that he had a personal issue with somebody. It was in 1998. It was Sting at the start, and then oh, oh, is he turning on Kevin Nash? What's happening? The NW is falling apart. Oh, now he and Kevin Nash are kind of picking each other. And there was that really unfortunate angle about Scott Hall's drinking, um, and it's like, but there was always something going on. They were always telling a story with him. It wasn't just what it is with Cesaro. Well, he's ROH champion, and he's in Blackpool Combat Club. And he's a really good wrestler. It's like, give me more. That's yeah. not it. That's not enough. Not yeah, enough. it isn't enough. Uh, Matt, just so you know, Marcus wasn't being literal about John Cena. He was... No, what did, what did Matt say? <laughs> he said, John Cena isn't leaving Hollywood to work for the rival promotion. Vince freaking owns a cut of his government named for life. Brock wouldn't leave WWE either. Yeah, Matt, I was I was just trying to illustrate a point that doesn't really matter how big of a name you bring in to the company if you're not doing a storyline. So no, uh, do I think that John Cena is going to say, hey, fuck Hollywood and fuck Vince who made my name. I'm going to AEW. No, I don't, Matt. I don't think he's going back to WWE for an extended time at all. Right. And look, you know, it doesn't matter how much money Tony Khan threw at Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is under contract with the WWE. Yes. Um do you guys see this possibly going to court? I think some of it will. Um, that's why it's so under wraps, and we're not hearing a whole lot about it. Um, you know, you'd almost want it down to it. Two executive vice presidents in a company fought an employee. Yeah, 
it's it's going to be dicey. And according to Meltzer and stuff like that, uh, Mega, I can't remember what her last name is, forgive me, but she was there in the locker room. So she saw the whole shebang. So if anybody, anything's going to be handled from a legal standpoint, it's going to be that situation because uh, she was right there front and center for it all. So, um, yeah, according to reports. But, yeah, Mark, it's been wild stuff. You know, uh, I did like Dynamite. I did like, you know, how a lot of things were presented there. Um, but, again, I, I still see the aspect of, like, there's a lot of stars, and uh, you need to focus on a few of them, not a whole lot of them. You got to make, you know, guys like, and I, from this standpoint, Marcus, I would be, I would focus on the ones that present the most personalities. So like, I would do Darby Allen, I would do Swerve Strickland, I would do uh, Jericho, Danielson, Moxley. I'm already naming a lot. Starks, definitely Ricky Starks, Wardlow, MJF. You know, those are off the top of my head, those, those are, are guys. personalities those that are I would guys. be really honing in on. You know, uh, notice you didn't mention Dan mention Daniel Garcia, who's in the main event. Right, and like you can get to that, but make them the outer care. Oh, Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston, he would definitely be there too. So it's less, and I didn't even name any of the women. That's not even counting the women. So, um, you know, I, you had like, uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of effort to focus in on a few stars, but you want to do that, you know, and I would start, that would be where I go. It's like almost your offensive line where you're building on out from your, for your NFL team. Charisma, start with the charisma and build on out from there. Dumb. I'm, I got to go, but highlight what, Nesha, highlight what Nesha just said right now. Okay. Uh, need to hire, need writers, to hire writers, not talent. Um, I'm not blaming Tony. I think that Tony Khan's storylines are good that he's been writing. However, he's only writing them for a select few people. You know, back in back in the day with WCW, WWE, Vince Russo was writing storylines for fucking everyone. Say what you want about Vince Russo, but he had something for everybody. Yeah. Um, in WCW, and that's why every, people like him. A lot of talent something. like like the Russo, like in certain ways, because he he gave them consideration, right? Uh, everybody had something in, in WCW, you know, like Daniel Garcia reminds me a little bit of like a Dean Malenko type character, this really strong worker, not a huge personality, but he's a, he's a really good worker. Um, he can shoot on you just like one of those guys. Um, Dean Malenko had storylines consistently mm -hmm. all the way through his time in, in WCW. Um, it's, we're not getting enough with, with a lot of these characters. And, and I think that the solution is what Nesha said. You need to hire writers, not talent. At this point, it's, it's you should be trimming down the talent roster. And you should be focusing on okay, what who can I promote to a position uh, who knows enough about wrestling in the direction I would like to see my company going that can help me. Right. And there's a lot of minds you can apply there, Mark. A lot yep. of minds. Mark. Mark. Before we go, what uh, what's going on over there at the Ad Free Shows? Man, we just wrapped up Top Guy Weekend last week we uh, in Chicago. It was an absolute blast. Stage shows. There was the live pro wrestling. We had uh, the wrestling showcase happening right inside the building with us. Um, big stars there. Uh, big stars on stage. Hall of Famers. Meet and greets. Autographs. It was, I mean, you know, the ultimate the ultimate pro wrestling fan experience. And I know that that sounds like a bunch of, uh, you know, BS just cause I work for ad free shows and it sounds like it, it sounds like, okay, too good to be the ultimate experience. No, for real. It is the ultimate experience. You, you can't go to any, like a, uh, WWE access and then go to the bar afterwards and have a couple drinks with some of your favorite guys. Um, you just can't, it's not going to happen. Uh, Mike Kyoto was out there, a great referee. On the last night, awesome, <laughs> hilarious guy, great personality, love Mike Kyoto. And, uh, you know, after after we wrapped up the show, he was like, you want to go get some drinks? And I was like, OK. And we went out to the bar and everybody was out there and we were all hanging out. And he was talking to fans and taking Rebel questions. And Rebel showed up. She likes hanging out with people. All these people. This is the most access you're going to get to some of your favorite pro wrestlers who ever lived is right at adfreeshows.com. If you can afford it get over there and become a member you know it's 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 really affordable it, you know uh $9.99 uh per month is is the base but you can work your way up to 99.99 which sounds like a lot of money but that's how you become a top guy and that's how you get an invite to top guy weekend where you get to come out spend your time with these wrestlers and get the truly the ultimate wrestling fan experience if you're a wrestling fan and you're not doing this find a way to do it because it's 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 as good as it gets it was a good time. People and a lot of the top guys there, they were talking about how they wanted to do stuff, 
you know, that's loosely associated with ad-free shows, but they want to just get together and hang out like with them, with one another and like plan a, you know, trip with one another and, and go do something, whether like ad-free shows was there doing an event or not kind of thing. So it's very communal aspect going on and stuff like that. So. Dom, do you agree that with Stephen Chambers that if the acclaim win the titles, you and I should wear a uh, Scissor Me Daddy ass shirt? I'm not against it. I'm not against it. What are your Dom, thoughts, Marcus? Yeah, you can buy me one. and I'll, I'll buy you one? Well, I think we'll uh, buy our own. <laughs> <That's not. laughs> I'll wear it to like Walmart. Yes. People are going to be like, what the fuck? With flip-flops <laughs> and no underwear on, just your ass fucking hanging out the back. Too far. Um, Too far. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's you know that's it. I'm preparing for uh, whatever comes next there at adfreeshows.com, and I can guarantee it's going to be something very very special. Well, hey, listen, if you also I I happen to be on adfree shows as well, and if you want more look at what uh, happened on that media scrum, I break it down there with Mr. Eric Bischoff, not none other than. So uh, we we go about an hour and we talk about. What, all that happened with we very much analyzed the punk segment. That's all we do, but it's a uh, very insightful. Eric gives some some good thoughts about like what how he felt for Tony Khan and like what he would have done, and that would have been not having a scrub at all. So uh, yes, so give that a listen. There's a lot of other good stuff going on there too. Eric does like strictly business on there. He's done after 83 weeks. Man, he's like a five tool player there at Ad Free Shows, but a lot of cool stuff there going on. Uh, and we got some good episodes uh, up on that free show as well, so t- check that out. Uh, yes. So, Mark, hey, wow, we're going to have a lot more to cover, I'm sure, as the weeks go on. But uh, it's good to see you again. My God. You know, good to see been, you too, man. Yeah, you know, it's been a, been a week. It's been a hard week without you, Dom. I bet. I bet you've missed me, and, uh, you know, I we can make it happen again. You know? Yeah, let me let me just say for the record, I told Dom not to wear that shirt to the uh, press conference. He disobeyed me. He but did. Probably... That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably a good thing he wore it. Really bro- broke the tension in there. It did. I I was glad. I was glad it all worked out. I was fine with uh, getting my penguins ripped on. Anytime a Rod Francis gets a name drop, I'm happy about it. Boy, that's a that's a hell of a name drop. <laughs> Jeez, early '90s and a half, right there. Uh, Nesho, we we missed you guys too, yes. and uh, you know uh, should be back next week. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing it right here. On two? 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 What, Marcus? What is it? I, I thought you were going to do it, so I'll just do it. Two Dynamite Dudes. We'll see right. you guys next week. See you guys next week. All right.